0: You've come come to hear what Psyche says. I'm Dr. Stephanie Vaughn, a licensed clinical psychologist. And I'm Sarah Kamita, a licensed professional counselor. We're just a couple of
1: therapists without a target audience for this podcast. But hope it can be of some help to someone
0: Somewhere. somewhere. Good morning, Dr. Vaughn. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in my backyard.
1: Are you? I'm in what we call conference room A at my house. Because we are both working from home, we have conference room A and B. I'm sitting in A now.
0: Nice. This is the first time I've worked, I guess you call it work, out back at this porch. And so there's a couple of really loud birds. Um, and sometimes there's maybe a dog or a train or something. So if we're just posting this on audio, then for our listeners, they might need to know that. We're on location right now. Yeah, on location. <laughs> Yeah, so just to clarify, um, we're in quarantine, right? We are. It is It is day 60
1: of quarantine. I'm just kidding. I don't know. If, no. I was about to say, no, it's not I that, up.
0: that up. Yeah. Maybe it feels like day 60 sometimes. <laughs> so today, we're going to be talking about uh, how therapists cope in quarantine. I was thinking about our um, the recording that we did. It was, I guess, a year or more ago about being snowed in, about snow days. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and you were talking about how much you hate snow days, and I was thinking when we first went into quarantine, I was like, man, Sarah, she's gonna struggle a little bit with this, because it's not like, I mean, you see snow melting, but you don't see, you know, what, what we've got going on now. You can't necessarily see an end, so I think both of us can share a little bit about how, um, we're coping with and not just coping, but also living life because this is life. It's not, we're not putting a hold on our life. This is our life now, all Mm -hmm. of it. So how you can, um, experience joy and, um, appreciation and, happiness as well as sadness and frustration and and the things that people, I think, immediately um, think about when they think about being restricted in quarantine. Right before we started this, um, I texted you, and I was thinking about our podcast, because we haven't done this for a few weeks, and I thought, I wonder if Sarah's feeling pressured, because I knew I was feeling pressured to do this. And I thought, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to, you know, say something stupid. I don't want to say something out of turn. I want to have, I want to, you know, I want to say something that's going to be helpful. And then I realized how much pressure I was putting on myself. And so I was like, yeah, let that go. I mean, we, we can always delete it. Like we say, we can always just get rid of it. But then I thought, I wonder if you were experiencing that. And I know how much of a get up and go kind of person you are. So that's why I texted you. And so what I texted was essentially like, we're just going to be sitting. We're just going to be talking. We're going to be having coffee. And that's what I thought about going out on my back porch. I was like, that will help me remember that, you know, I'm I'm just sitting. We're just talking. We're just having a conversation. We're not saving the damn world, you know, (laughs) as much as we might want to. We're not saving the world. And so we could just have a little talk.
1: Yes. I, I think your text this morning did help. I mean, you know, my, my day started at five o'clock this morning and, you know, got up an hour earlier to get my morning things done before the podcast. And, and actually the website that I needed to use this morning was down
0: for about 45 minutes. And so I was like, okay, here we go. It's going to be that type of a day. Right. Um, and you texted and said, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do this real quick thing before we start. And then I was like, no, Don't do that. Let it go. Just let it go. And this is an important thing. You know, I realize that, at least in the grand scheme of what we think is important like, oh, that's different. That's really important. So, recognizing now how it seems like there's always going to be something that will get in the way of being peaceful. You know, it's like we're in quarantine, we don't have to travel. You know, we don't have to be like at work at a certain time. We don't have to fight traffic. We don't have, you know, there's so many things that, but yet the pressure is the same, if not worse. Yes. On my end, maybe I'm just projecting here, but on my end, I feel like there's always something to do.
1: Yes, there is always something to do. And I, you know, at home, we, we have a nanny that comes and watches our baby. And so it's like when she gets here, like the clock starts for me. That is when I have this time from like 730 until four to get as much done as I can. Because I know, well, quote, know that after that, after she leaves, my productivity is going to go down substantially. Or what you think of as your productivity. True. True. My to-do list, um, way less things get checked off. And so I think, I mean, that's, that's not really any type of new pressure since quarantine, but I do, um, I think I value the time more now than before.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So then I guess that brings me to the first way of coping that I think is pretty important. I'm not putting this in order of what's most important, but coping for me is, remembering that what feels important isn't necessarily important. And it's so hard when I'm caught up in something that feels really important, like filling out an application for something or, um, you know, even just, Posting something I said I was going to post for people or sending an email or finishing up, whatever it is, you know, it always feels important. And sometimes um, I can see myself just getting caught up in a lot of the to do's and I'm like, all right, when this one's done, then I'm just going to be in. And it's like another one comes up. And so remembering that this is possibly, possibly an opportunity for me to actually push something away, say, I'm not doing it, I'm letting it go. You know how hard that is for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, just, I'm not just saying like, oh, yeah, you just do it. Like, I don't give a shit. That's just not true. I really do. So to do that takes effort on my part and to walk away and do something totally what you and I would call unproductive. Yes. So telling you, telling you just not to fill that thing out and to sit and just, you know, just, just be, just breathe, have a cup of coffee, center. What was that experience like for you? You know, it was actually a little bit of a sad experience that I
1: struggled so much with that. And it was like, like, I should not have, quote, should not have to be told to just chill the fuck out, you know, and just like, relax. Like, it's like, well, I'm a grown woman. Why do I need to feel like I need to have permission to relax? And I just, and then I was like, okay, well that's, then that's just silly. I'm like, okay, so I've got this 10 minutes. Like I texted a friend, I heated up coffee and then I was able to like get into it, but it was not my natural inclination of what, of, of something to do on a Tuesday morning. And so after like my sadness about that and, and I think a little frustration, like, what's wrong with me? Like, <laughs> am I just like programmed to be a robot? Um, and like, is that my identity? You know, I got into like some deep questions in the, the ten minutes before we started this, and then I'm like, you know what? Just stop, just yeah. stop.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I did, and then it was okay. I was doing something similar. Um, so I got up about the same time you did. But this time I got up and I remembered. Sometimes I don't remember, but I remembered, you know, pay attention. I was like, pay, pay attention, pay attention. And because my mind automatically was like, da, 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 da. like I really wanted to get on, you know, get on those X games like we talked yeah. about. And I could feel it and I was like, all right, pay attention. So, And I knew that I had to figure out a way to remember that it was important to slow down. And so just that kind of plane in my head, like pay attention, remember that things get done. I remember that time that um, you and I were at the office and it seemed like nothing was getting done. And you were like, you know, nothing's getting done. And I I could feel it too, but I was like, I'm going to chill no matter what. And then at the end of the day, we both were like, wow, you know, a lot of stuff got done, even though we didn't really stress about it or get upset about it. And so I remembered that this morning and, and I needed to, to bring you in on it because I know we, we can do that with each other's help. It's more helpful when you have someone else who's helping keep you, uh, help, helping you remember, not keep you from doing anything, but yeah. just helping you remember. Yeah, so I was doing a little bit of that, and then I was able to ease it. You know, then I was like, you know, just let it go, let it go. What all can you let go of today? What all can you let go of in this moment? So, my number one thing is remembering that I am not 100% in control of whether I'm productive or not, whether, and even if I was, whether that productivity alone would lead to, you know, good things or whatever. Right. I wow. have for sure
1: I think that's a good one um do you want to hear one of my no I don't Sarah
0: yes of course.
1: <laughs> of course well I'm just thinking like man there's there's so many that I have found myself doing to survive during this time because like you said I being at home for me historically like in a snow day or something has been uh, a real struggle I think the difference for me between between like a snow day versus COVID-19 quarantine is that like I'm set up now, like this is life now versus a snow day when like things get put on hold, meetings have to be rescheduled or canceled. I'm like set up. So I think it's a different, a totally different mindset for me than like a snow day that like, you know, shits on my plans because I like, this is my life now, at least for the foreseeable future. And so, I don't know. I guess, like, I was trying like, a basic coping strategy that I find myself naturally going to every day. And that's just recognizing things that I'm grateful for, um, like, like silly little things. Um, like, I, I told um, the neighbor, I was out on the back deck, and we have very close back deck. So, like, she was out there, and I said, you know, like, I'm getting so much use out of our house right now. And isn't that like a silly thing to think about, but I'm always on the go, always moving, never just here. And it's nice kind of to just like get good use out of the mortgage payments and like my furniture. And I mean, it's just a silly thing, but that brings me some peace. Even getting to use like coffee mugs that I've collected over the years that I never use because I'm always in like a coffee tumbler to take it to work or, you know, drinking coffee at work. Um, the things like that that are just kind of novel and a bit new and kind of exciting and fun, um, help, help me change my attitude.
0: It's like opening your mind up to seeing things just in a different way to just, just not thinking that we know everything and we've got everything figured out. It's like, just open up to, it's easy to see what the downside is, but opening up to what are the benefits or what, what can I be grateful for? What am I happy about? The grass is always greener, you know, on the other side, I just had this discussion with a client last week and I asked her, I said, what, you know, in your situation now, is it possible that you actually have many of the things that you already asked for? You know, and and this is a client who was very much like, This sucks, I don't like you know and she's like, I mean, I don't think so. But then she started naming off. She's like, Well, you know, I did say that I wanted to spend I need to spend more time with my family. I did say that I want to stop spending so much money on, you know, it was just like one thing wow. after another, after another. And I noticed in my own life, of you know, the things that, um, you know, I've wanted or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, here, here it is, you know, the things that maybe you didn't want it that way or whatever, but here it is. And so being able to appreciate it, the parts that you do have mm-hmm. um, offsets a lot of the negativity.
1: Yes, I agree. It's like, thank you, universe. You know, ask and you shall receive type thing. May not be in the package that you imagined it coming in, but we're getting it either way. Yeah, exactly. All right. tell me one of your
0: co- other coping skills. Um, you and I both use this one. Um, and that's the theme of the week this week for, um, you know, we're doing these therapy is, and I had to control myself from doing a longer video on it because I just wanted to talk about it on and on. And that's structuring your environment. Yes. And it was one of the very first things that I was harping on with our staff and my um, clients was as fast as you can get your space set up, you know, get your structure in order. Don't go to... Um, Like, oh, I'm just going to lay around in sweatpants and half-ass set up a little workspace or something. It's like it needed to be operational, not just operational, but like as preferential of a space as you could possibly make it if you were going to be working, even if you weren't, you know, because... Some people don't have jobs, and that you know they don't have anything to do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you don't have a job. You know, it, it if you're if you lost your job, you don't have a job. Then create a new one. You know, for yourself. Whether that means you know my job is learn is learning a new language and how to cook or whatever. Um, then you have certain expectations for yourself every day, and there's so many pieces to that that are important. One being we have, you know, it teaches you this sense of like, I I can control certain aspects of, you know, what I see. Because we can't control a lot. So to take control of some of the things that we can gives a sense of safety. Mm -hmm. It's easier to then accept the things you can't control. So there's that sense of safety that comes from the things you can control. The other is um, the routine of keeping the same sleep schedule and having uh, your workspace be your workspace and your sleep space be your sleep space teaches that part of your brain that you can't talk to when to turn on and when to shut off. And I knew or I had the fear that people who were um, quarantined at home, like our brains have a tendency to shut off at home. And so then it's like, well, I'm home I guess I put my sweatpants on, you know, my my athleisure, my sweatpants, whatever, and um, splurge on what I'm eating and keep my feet up and sleep in and don't make my bed. Whatever it is, it's like relax. And we let go of things to relax, but there's a level of relaxation that then can become depression very quickly, which is why behavioral activation is so important in depression. Behavioral activation meaning getting up, being productive, doing things, um, gets the body and the mind going. So I know that, you know, it's like there's a level of relaxation that's nice and then it goes too far, especially if it lasts too long. So, you know, getting... There were people who were just kind of like, well, this is working for now. You know, that was the constant refrain. This is working for now. My setup is working for now. No, imagine that you're going to be in it for months what's the harm in that? You know, if you're, if you set it up, like I'm going to be doing this for an entire year, for example, then if you don't, great, then you just break it down real quick. And so for like my daughter who came home from college, we set up a little corner with a, with a little corner, I had a little corner desk that I, um, we had at the office, I think. Yeah. I remember. it. Yeah. So we used that and then took some of her, um, decor from her dorm and stuff and just put it up on the wall so that was her space to do schoolwork and she was like you know we don't need to do all that that's not important you know we've got so many other things that we've got to do and um you know you got to get stuff out of the office and organize it whatever I was like no this this is important because your psychological well-being being top most important really I mean It is because like, if you're, if you're physically unwell, that's one thing, but if you're psychologically and physically unwell, that's not great. If, If you're psychologically unwell, you can't be productive. You can't help anybody else. You know, it's very difficult to help somebody else. So to, you know, keep, keep the, keep it tight up here as much as possible involves structure, routine teaching your brain how to cut on and off. So when I sit at my desk, that's when I'm on. And when I move away from it, that's when I'm off. When I'm in my bed, I'm, I'm, which is really inconvenient if you have to like do something in your, because then I get drowsy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's what that discriminative stimulus is. Meaning like your brain discriminates based on this thing or stimulus. Oh, this is what I do bed is sleep, desk is work.
1: Right. Even if, you know, if people are struggling to organize their lives, say they are out of work or something, even just starting with like the days of the week, starting with that. And like, if it is a Monday, let's not treat it like a Sunday morning. So I, that, that, you know, kind of helped me because it, it was so enticing to just like Lay in bed and watch an episode of Parks and Rec, you know, on a on a workday morning. But you know, we slowly realized, like, okay, like this is nice, but maybe it's not like an everyday type of a thing. Like, let's reserve it for the weekend. It's kind of like a ritual, yes, a reward for doing it, and um, and I think you enjoy it more if you're yeah. not
0: overdoing it. Exactly exactly and we we were kind of spoiled before i guess you know where it's like oh wow now all of a sudden i can just reward myself all the time you know and then it's like wait a minute it's not as fun anymore if you're doing that no it's not you got to have the uh you know the salty and the sweet yes yeah yeah so the same same for me which is like and i kind of have the same attitude that i was like monday is like all right, Monday, you know, there's no playing around with Monday. Monday is like, we work on Monday, you know, yeah. and I try to keep that same mindset of like, okay, I'm going to Monday. I'm going to, I get, and I get to my, so I get to my chair at the same time that I would get to my car when I would drive to work. So it's like, okay, all right, the same, get, get in my chair and then it's on and I'm writing out my stuff, you know, for the day or the week or whatever The thing that I'm trying to incorporate now that I had not before, that I didn't need to before, that I want to emphasize for everybody is breaks away from the internet, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever screen, yeah, phone, whatever, because it's so draining. Yes. We were forced to not be online before, you know, because we had patients and, I mean, you literally have to sit and talk with someone and can't be on your phone and stuff. So we were artificially um, forced to do that. But now it's like legit to be on your laptop for eight hours, 10 hours, whatever. And that's not sustainable. So the next one is this level of how we're coping if we're moving into this next phase what I've realized is we can't keep this up. We can't keep up this level of um, screen time. So I am purposefully forcing myself away from screen. I didn't do a good job yesterday, Um, but I'm purposefully trying to take time away. And so even when we're doing this, like I'll look over the top of the computer and around the side of the computer yeah, you know, that I'll take my vision away from it so that, yeah, as much as possible. Um, and I think that's helpful, but also, you know, just like we do a session for 45 minutes and then you get up and go to the bathroom or what, you know, do your note, whatever. We need to do that too. We need to be yeah. taking those 45, you know, 45 minutes goes by, get up. And I would venture to say you can spend no more than four or five hours on a screen any given day. That's Ideally, we yeah, I know. I mean, but th- this podcast being about how therapists cope, I think the clarification being what what we've found to be effective. And uh, as you know, you and I both talked about this that there are a lot of therapists who are not doing well. Um, therapists are people and they're not doing well, just like there's a lot of people, uh, you know, in the world that are not doing well. I mean, psychologically in terms of coping with things. And there are a lot of people who you might think, like some of my patients who were, um, were asking, how are they doing? You know, I bet it's really hard on them who actually are doing much better because they feel very validated in their general anxiety about the world or um, see other people who are getting depressed. And so they feel some sense of like, yeah, you know, it sucks to feel like that. Um, so they don't, and they don't feel as pressured maybe so that, you know, there are people who are going to struggle. You wouldn't necessarily expect therapists being one of them. And I think it's really important that we try to help, um, remind the therapists also of what's important. That yes, seeing clients is important, but now we're not just talking about seeing clients, um, seeing clients in person, not a great idea. Not, not at all. No. Um, and also seeing them with a screen several hours, several hours. I'm not saying like, you know, four or five patients. I'm saying, you know, eight hours of screen time. Not a good idea at all. Yeah. Um, putting stuff aside, getting up and interacting in the world, taking time out when you feel like you can't. Um, those things are really important
1: this is may sound silly, but I, um, I needed to do laundry this weekend, but I held off. because I was like, Oh, that'll be something that I can do like to get up for my computer, you know, go throw some laundry in, um, get moving. And I mean, it sounds like, Oh, like you're so dumb, you know, saving laundry as a fun activity, but it is kind of nice to like get up and get the blood flowing. And so I actually have a a load in right now. And when we're done with this, I'm going to move it over to
0: the dryer fold it later this afternoon <laughs> God, cool. you know what if you really this weekend what you could do is save the ironing for the weekend <laughs> I think your I mean I think what you said a minute ago was really something I hadn't I thought about but then um don't really emphasize as being as important as it is which is that if you'll reserve some things you know, for the weekend, that helps you differentiate between this is just the, just the week, like we used to, you know, we can get to get to the weekend. I mean, we still have that kind of, um, the conditioning in our brain because I know this past week, my daughter was like, it's Friday, you know, and of course I have to make the crack, like, what does it matter? (laughs) But, but it's like, we automatically take pressure off ourselves on the weekend. We have that as a habit historically. So then if we can save certain things for the weekend or holidays, um, you know, even if it's like certain foods or um, sleeping late, which, you know, I'm not a giant, huge fan of, but if you want to add that extra hour on or like a movie or a certain episode that you haven't watched yet of a show or whatever, but reserving those things for special occasions that way, you don't get flooded and, and just habituated with reward. Mm-hmm. So, when we get habituated to getting reward, and then we're what we call satiated.
1: Yes. My husband and I made a joke this morning. We found out that a show that we like is starting back up on Sunday. And I said, Oh, our calendar's still on up for the weekend. Because <laughs> you know, I like to keep my calendar very full. And so, we're still doing that just in different ways. Which, I mean, I did not think that I would be thriving as, you know, as well as I am right now.
0: Girl, you just don't even know what you're capable of, wow. you know, so you get put to the test of <laughs> all of us, you know. <laughs> that, that is true. Trial. I'll never be, you know, I can't, whatever. And just as soon as you get put to the test, you rise to the occasion. That's just the way it is.
1: And I think a reason that some of us are rising to the occasion more than others is that idea of accepting that this is where we are right now and kind of taking it moment by moment versus thinking like, well, when is this going to end? I've been talking with a lot, a lot of friends, which is great during this time. I feel like we're, we're taking more time to have like our virtual happy hours and our meetups and things. And everyone says it would be so much easier if I knew when this was going to be over.
0: It could be its own podcast on its own. It could. Yeah. I mean, cause we're going to do an unrightful acceptance. We'll talk about that then.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. But I guess the coping strategy is, is, taking it like taking it day by day, moment yeah. by moment. Sometimes that's all you can do. Yeah. Oh, another coping strategy that I've been telling everyone about if they're not feeling particularly well um, is what we call in DBT contributing, doing something nice for somebody else. Um, It was the first day of spring a couple of weeks ago, like right when COVID started and, you know, we were stuck at home and um, I opened the front door and there was like a little tiny um, bouquet of flowers on our porch or like realtor, you know, brought them around to everyone. And it was such a sweet gesture that like, it brightened up my entire week, um, and I just thought, how cool of an idea is that to just drop something on someone's porch, and you did, well, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I'm
0: like, I'm you not drop anything, somebody's dropping porch.
1: <laughs> okay, if you're not like, you know.
0: Yes, yes, I get it. You get. know what
1: I mean. But just how nice was that? And um, I mean, you even dropped off an Easter basket for me over the weekend and just like so thoughtful and nice. And, you know, it's just like gestures like that to let someone know that you're thinking about them or sending them yeah. a
0: card or, you know, just it really does help your overall mood. I agree. Um, and gets you to appreciate, like you said, what you have. I mean, when we were trying to order some things from the local restaurants and stuff, you know, because helps to keep them in business and, you know, Mm -hmm. minimizes risk, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it just occurred to me to throw in some little extras with, you know, it's like money's one thing, but we all know that right now, money can only buy so much and you just can't access a lot of stuff. And so anything that I've got that's extra, um, I try to make sure to give to people. I mean, you know, I make the joke, like if anybody had have told me that a, a roll of paper towels and, a you know, a roll of toilet paper would be a luxury, you know, tip on top. I, yeah. A couple of months ago, I'd have never believed it. Like, it'd be super insulting. But now it's like, you know, now it's like people are just ecstatic about it. And so to do that and see people just be so appreciative i mean it's really nice that something small like that could really make a difference
1: yeah yeah and it's such a ripple effect too because like from that one thing it's like i've done it and i've told other people about it and it's just just a nice thing I make it more contagious than covid19
0: oh look at you yeah, <laughs> yeah. that sounds like a really good cheesy therapist post it does. you probably whip one up all right. Well, I guess that pretty much does it for this one. Um, I mean, there's so many other ways to cope, but I think that that sums up the top ones, at least for me. I think um, for you, probably.
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think just keeping to normal routine, and for me, that includes exercising regularly, eating as much of the same things as I can, saving the indulgences for the weekends,
0: drinking. Hard. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we hope that this has been of some help to someone somewhere.
1: But don't turn off your recording yet. We have to remind people that even though we're not in the office in person, we are posting on our Instagram and on Facebook, and we are we're trying to step up our our posting game so that we can you know help people without necessarily seeing them in person. So please give us a like on instagram or a follow and let us know if there's anything that you um want to know
0: more about or questions that you have things for us to talk about we're here yeah and check out our groups because we have groups that are even like free and you might as well join them now while we're still
1: doing yeah. things for free and doing groups on zoom is actually really fun and very seamless You're which right is there. pretty cool
0: yeah it really is Okay, so until next time.